When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think the music's great. Pump it up, pump it up. I can't hear it. Yeah, right? No, I, I no turn it down. Turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. All right. If you guys hate it that much, what we'll do is we will open up to uh, audience audience submissions. So if you guys want to make uh, an intro, a custom intro for the show... Uh, and it's decent and arable. <laughs> uh, you can email it or email a link to wrongside at thegvnetwork.com. That is wrongside at thegvnetwork.com, and we will use it for a future episode. Maybe every future episode. I don't know. Spoiler alert, uh, we have no money to pay you, so I guess if you're really bored and you want to do it for free, have at it. We'll talk about you on Twitter. Yeah, and we'll mention your, you know, we'll 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 mention um your name or your username on the show and thank you for the custom intro cuz apparently these guys don't like Oh yeah. Listen to that. It's just it's not on brand for us. I don't none of us would ever it play that. It seems like music. a deleted scene from the Matrix. Or or our night at the Roxbury. <laughs> what podcast would that be on brand for? Not ours. <laughs> So, so before we get into it, I just want to tell you, I, I, I love my wife because she makes me laugh when she's oh, not oh trying no. to make me laugh. Oh, no. What is he going to say? <laughs> no, no, no. So I, uh, I was telling her how, like, you know, for our retirement, what I would love to do is just sell everything, get an RV, and they'll be cheaper because we'll just get a used one that some boomer bought new and died and gives family sold. Well, now it's going to be a haunted RV. And I was like, hey, babe, wouldn't it be great to like travel across the country in an RV? And she's like, yeah, she th- she's like totally on board. And then she thought about it for a second. She's like, but I don't want to go to any state, any A state. And I was like, what do you mean A state? She's like, any, I don't know, any state where the name starts with an A or what? a K or most M's. What's wrong so, with Alaska? Alabama, Arkansas. Well, you're not going to drive to Alaska. That's like the whole point of having one of those is to drive to Alaska. No, you're not going to drive to Alaska. She doesn't want to go to Alabama, Mississippi. I'd actually like to go to Montana because I hear it's Michigan, Massachusetts. No interest in Michigan. Because you have no I think you're wrong about Michigan. I wouldn't want to live in Michigan, but there's there's a decent amount of things to see and do in Michigan. I actually want to take a beer trip there because some of their beers are the best in the country. I hear the Great Lakes are cool. Are great. Shut the fuck up. I I <laughs> shut the, the fuck- Great Lakes are cool. Hmm. All right. I'm glad you really weighed in on that opinion. That was a real strong stance you just took. Uh, As you guys can tell, Keisha's using her uh, earnings from the show on some great writers for new material. That was an A-plus joke. I can't wait to hear what the, the top five is going to be. Uh, I, I can wait, but we won't. <laughs> All right, are we we jumping right into top five? Right, where's my music? Where's my music? 
All right, you boys and girls, it's time for Five Things with Keisha, with your host, Keisha. Five Things with my girl. All right, all right. So, song this... as bad as most of the lists. <laughs> no, it's a great song. What are you talking about? It does get me in the mood for top five things. So, Jason, who recorded it, was like, why don't you put some background vocals, like double the track? And I was like, bro, I don't, I can do an echo. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to echo it? I, that's, we are the limits of my musical composing abilities. Uh, so we've we've spent a lot of this episode reminiscing and talking about our, our parents growing up and how they are now. And I think I, I'm thinking through some of the stories I told. I think my par- I came off like my, I was complaining about my parents. I'm not. I love my parents. They're amazing. And the one thing that makes me laugh nowadays, though, is thinking back on some of the things they used to tell me as a kid that I know is definitely not true as an adult. And so my top five things are five things my parents lied about. And what I discovered Ooh. now is, is, a uh, is yeah, actually, this is actually a good, good one. This is, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, last the... time, like fake hot things you wish were a hobby, but you don't even have time to invest in. At least this yeah. one has some meat. My, res- my resolutions. <laughs> All right. So number five, which I think is similar for probably a lot of people is like, the existence of mythical beings, right? So it's like like centaurs. Like unicorns? Is that why you were making all of those weapons? <laughs> so like, <laughs> there are like, unicorns out there <laughs> piercing things with their horn. So I'm like so the, scared of minotaurs. I'm the, so goddamn the, scared. The, the tooth fairy, Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, uh, guardian angels. Those are not mythical creatures. What are they then? I don't know. Uh, a mythical creature is like a griffin. Why? Just like, mythical creatures are not just the, the like hybrids of two animals and people add wings to. <laughs> tooth, it doesn't tooth make fairy, a mythical tooth creature. Tooth fairy and Easter bunny. I feel like that qualifies. I'll give you a pass. I never oh. give you a pass. I'm giving you a pass here. So, well, on that topic, though, like, did you guys, did your parents go to extremes to make sure that you believed in those things? No. They just told you that they didn't exist or they just played along until you kind of were like, are you Santa Claus? And they're like, yeah, yeah. My parents went to extremes that Jesus is the son of God, but not for like Santa Claus. (laughs) And they're still doing it. I'm like, mom, I mean, I get it. It's fake. You don't have to. (laughs) What about you, Brandon? Did your parents do that? Yeah, they they did the whole tooth fairy thing. um, But I remember complaining that the tooth fairy was a little cheap and didn't leave me enough money. (laughs) I'm sure that went over really well. Yeah. So that's one thing, which I think everyone kind of deals with. The other thing, so I, my number four is that taxes take all year. And my parents are still like this. Like they start taxes right after the last year's taxes. And my mom is literally staying at work hours and hours after work to finish taxes. I have no idea what she's doing. Don't, don't they own their own business? Yeah. And we have an accountant. Yeah, doing your taxes when you own your own business is totally different than if you don't own your own business and someone but does even our- <laughs> your taxes for you, like you sign a W-2 or okay, whatever. Okay, though, but but Billy, does it take the entire year? I mean, if you're really careful about stuff and trying to find deductions, that's a lot of work. 
the whole year though like the no fact that i'm we with keisha I, you're keisha you're, your mother's having an affair no she's not for the last 30 years your mother's been having <laughs> but an affair. the thing with my mother though i love her to death she's so meticulous but but she's so meticulous about like everything right so every receipt has to get scanned and then organized and then like all that stuff but the problem is she'll call me because we have the same account she'll be like hey can you call our accountant and file an extension but i was like mom it's not april yet wait a minute wait a minute (laughs) what i've seen your house yes there's your your parents are not organized and meticulous you walk into (laughs) keisha's house and then there are just like boxes and shit scattered everywhere you're like is somebody running like 30 ebay stores (laughs) out of this house so there's some uh, opportunity for change, it sounds like. But I still love the idea that Keisha like walks to the tax office or something, and, and it's like her and her mom, and and she's just like, okay, I I did I filled out this W two and I handed it to myself because I'm my own boss, so my taxes are good, right? <laughs> yeah, like that's just that's just how taxes work. That's your tax process. But that, no, but the thing is, is like she'll call and she'll be like, hey, Keisha, I need you to file an extension, and for because we're not going to get taxes done in time. And I was like, mom, it's it's February. Taxes aren't due until April. She's like, I just don't think we're going to make it. And she's <laughs> working on them all year. And so we have to file an extension to October. Right. And even October comes around and it's like crunch time. Like my mom is panicking and I'm like, mom, this is the second time we filed an extension. And this is the cycle every freaking year. And so I just, how does everyone get their taxes done? I don't understand. I'm almost positive now that your family is either committing fraud or laundering money. <laughs> Maybe both. Or she just can't find receipts. Like, they're just everywhere. I, I don't know. No, that's what I believe. <laughs> can we get a... Do you, ha- you have to have some good pictures we can post of, like, your house. I really, for your sake, I hope that no, no one listening is from the IRS. So, the, <laughs> here's another very thing. Very bad for your family. <laughs> the other thing though is that my mom she tries to get me to get all of the deductions possible right so she's like did you go donate to goodwill or like and whatever one of the things though is like that's what all the boxes are for right? they're just too lazy to take them <laughs> one of the things that she asked about though is like oh well you know when you go to church did you do you put stuff in the the donation basket the tithe and i'm like no she's like do you, is it no you don't donate or no you don't go to church and i was like no to no both <laughs> and then it becomes this like before not anymore but a few years ago it was like this quasi guilt trip of like oh so you're just not so you want me to put zero on on the donations to church because you don't go to church anymore <laughs> and i was like mom i'm sorry Wait, was this just a ruse just, just to ruse, find out if you're going to, see- to church <laughs> All right. Number three. Oh, number three. Um, um, So going back to um, talking about church and Jesus and the devil, my mom used to make me believe that this like going and doing sleepovers was like a sin or it was for the devil. Like bad things happen if I slept over at my friend's house. And so what would happen is my friends would invite me over for a sleepover and I would go and when everybody went to bed, I had to call my mom and she would come pick me up at midnight. <laughs> what was she afraid of? I was she afraid know. of you getting like 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 the spin the bottle or something? I don't like being know. involved with and boys? Then, and then I'd be so sad. I'd be like, Well, everyone's gonna wake up and they're gonna have pancakes. And she's like, Well, then I'll just bring you back in the morning. And so she would drop me off at six in the morning when everyone was awake. What? And I had to play this ruse that like 
I had to like I was asleep with them too, but like I wasn't, and I I had to go home. <laughs> what did you say when they like someone woke up in the middle of the night and didn't see you? Be like, oh yeah, bro, I was in the bathroom upstairs. <laughs> I don't. I, like, it was seven the hours. worst experience. I, I vividly remember like feeling like I missed out on secrets and stories because my mom didn't want me to stay like this day the night at someone's house. Do you think that every one of your friends knew that you weren't actually staying the night and they all just felt really bad for you and didn't want to talk about it? And they're like, yeah, we can invite Keisha and no! you know, we, we don't have a bed for her, but that's fine because I her think, mom's going to secretly pick got, her up anyway. I think it got to the point where they knew and they just stopped inviting me. What's really fucked up about it is like th- your mom was inherently teaching you to sneak out of the house. So did you ever <laughs> yeah, use that, yeah, that because you had ninja to be skill set to escape your own house? Like everyone got into their pajamas and I was like kind of in pajamas, but I still had my shoes on because like I had to run at midnight when everyone passed out. And my mom, it sucked for the people's house that I was staying at because my mom would constantly be in contact with the parents, right? They're like, what are they doing now? Are they asleep? Oh, if they're asleep. All right. Well, I'll come and get Keisha now. And the moms are the moms and dads are just like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait outside for you. I don't, what do you want me to do with your child? Like, what? <laughs> And then I'll see you at 6 a.m. It's like so fucking weird. So that was, oh, man, I'm getting like sad about that because I feel like I missed out on so many cool things. You know, it's weird you bring up the, you know, sleeping over at someone else's house. I remember as if to illustrate, you know, the advancements or a boy growing up, um, same friend I was sleeping over at at his house. And I remember one time it was uh, me and a few other people playing Mario Party all night, didn't sleep. And then the next time, as we got a little older, instead of Mario Party, it was looking at porn on his mom's computer all night, didn't sleep. So it's just like, it's sweet. Did you, you know, all sit that... like kind of far away from each other and put blankets <laughs> or pillows over your pants? Like, how can you stare at porn? You, I know long? you watched it as a group. It was like a, a community group, like viewing of porn. Yeah, we all knew we liked it. We didn't understand why. Did no you one understood. talk to each other? While no, we're just were like, watching? whoa, look at this. Look at that. And like, you <laughs> know, like, radical. Yeah. No one knew what, what masturbation was. So there was never that point where like people were making awkward eye contact, you know? Um, so it was more just like the discovery of people as a sexual being. And um, his mom totally saw it in the history of the next day. <laughs> You're probably the reason why my mom didn't want me to stay over at people's houses. Probably. I do I do have a uh, a vivid memory of the first time I was at a sleepover where someone pulled up video porn because I had seen you all heard the photo of the uh, of the picture that got saved as my mom's desktop that was a still <laughs> and then I you know next foray was like a Carmen Electra Playboy slideshow but the oh, first time I saw God. video porn I think was I don't know, ninth or 10th grade. And someone put on like a Brianna Banks anal scene. Oh, (laughs) and I was like, about going to zero to 60. Yeah. I was like, uh, is that what people do? (laughs) You're like, that doesn't go there. (laughs) That thing's huge. I'll never have a chance at that. Yeah. You guys are giving me exact reasons why my mom did not like sleepovers. Um, speaking of, uh, sex and butt stuff uh i was i was told growing up and this is again part of my religious upbringing that sex before marriage like 
I had this idea when I was growing up that I would like vaporize into just dust if I had sex before marriage. Like it was just like the worst possible thing I could have done that the person after whoever I lost it to and whoever I end up marrying, like they would get some like Carfax report of me being (laughs) like, like, "Mm, this thing is used. You're not intact. Like I was mortified and I remember having to fear like, having that conversation also being worried that like I couldn't wear a white dress being married because like the virginity police would come and be like that's not you don't get scarlet scarlet letter is on your wedding dress and everybody (laughs) just like like, booze you when you walk down the aisle (laughs) just like people shaking their heads the whole time (laughs) why did they all come here to boo me (laughs) so I was like how will he will my husband know can I, what if I just don't do it for a long time? Maybe it'll just like, like regenerate. Like I, It also just, doesn't help that like Texas sex education teaches abstinence, like not safe worst. sex. Like exactly. until, I feel like I didn't get a safe sex lesson until I was 17 or something like that. Before that, I was just like, well, obviously you just don't have sex. Yeah. So the funny thing though. So is that why you're still a virgin? Yeah, I'm, I'm married <laughs> and still a virgin. It's really bizarre. <laughs> So I I like similar to before when my mom was asking about should she mark me down for a tax rebate or a deductible for church donations? She was trying to do the same thing to see if I had had sex before. And when I turned uh, (laughs) when I was like turning 18, she was like, you know, uh, I heard you have to we have to go to the doctor like we have to go to the female doctor. And I was like, okay, like just to make sure like I'm okay and stuff. And she's like, well, you know, if you're sexually active, we should go when you're 18. But if you're not, we can wait till you're 21. So, so, <laughs> so it's the same thing as like the tithing tax story. And she's just like floating, floating enough like legal or medical uh, information enough to make you really nervous. And she's like, so are, do you need to go at 18? Yeah. And I was like, I think we can wait. And she's like, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> when you introed this story, you said it had involved with like butt stuff. And so I was going to ask, like, because I hear this is like a common thing that mm. people have a perception that you can do butt stuff and maintain your virginity. Yeah, that's what Brianna Banks did. And that's like the loop that I was talking. Oh, about. yeah. I, I have heard people justify it that way. Like, and I remember in high school, people justifying that and or like some I forget it has some name, some kind of loophole. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every other orifice except your your p no no your v <laughs> yeah wait or your a your I'm a confused. no 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 the a is okay yeah but like mouth <laughs> ear nose what the fuck i don't know you have to get creative i don't know what people do ear and nose is not creative that's, that's a thing some sort of no that's torture. not a thing how i bet there's you no subreddit for ear porn trust I, me i bet you it's a thing Gross. I don't want to look, but you you look, Brandon. Your your search history is a lot creepier than ours. I have a friend. Take a long look in the mirror. <laughs> I have a friend. Um, she she was dating an older guy. I think she was seventeen or eighteen. I can't remember exactly, but uh, he was a couple years older, and she was a virgin. But she was, and he was not, and she was just ready to have sex. And he was like, "No, this is." I don't feel like I don't feel comfortable since you're a virgin. I don't think we're there yet in our relationship where I feel comfortable taking your V card, but why don't we, ju- we can just do it in the butt. And she was just like, uh, no, <laughs> 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 like, what? what? No. 
It would be a very quick reason to get a proctologist instead of a gynecologist, though. So there's that. <laughs> oh, I need a proctologist. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was also part of why. I mean, I think my mom was just trying to get a gauge of whether or not I was sexually active at 18. And like, she just never wanted to ask me. She would just be like, what are you doing? And I do also remember that kind of transitions a little bit to my brother and sister now where when they were, I left, I left home. It was just my sister, my brother at home left. And my mom was still doing his laundry. And he was like in high school. And my sister went into his room one time and she called me freaking out because she was like, Keish, I found a box. I was like, okay. She's What's like, in the box? She's like, the box says 12 condoms. Whoa. But there's only eight. <laughs> She's like, where are the rest of them? <laughs> Your brother's so cool. You know how long it took me to get to the point where I needed a box of condoms as opposed to just like the three pack? She, I was like, just drop it. Don't. She's like, there's different colors. And it's like a, one of them has like spirals around. I was like, what are you doing? God. Get out of the room. <laughs> Man, he already knew about ribbed. Good for him. Oh, I knew this was going to happen when I brought up sex, but it's fine. My number one thing, and I, the one thing that my parents lied to me about, man, and I got so mad about this, was that people will disrespect you or Say that one take you, people will <laughs> disrespect you or take you less seriously if you swear. Like, I mm. remember That's my mom. That's actually the truth. You should yeah, actually, I think they were right. Yeah, no! You really reconsider your <laughs> <laughs> so so Keisha's five things were really, really strong until she actually thought a real truth was a lie. It's not case, true. People can swear all they want. And I they would can, but they are You, you think know, people they take you less dwellers. seriously when you swear? Well, do you go into your work meetings and start dropping F bombs? Because if you do No, because I my mom told me to not promotion. to. I don't because my mom said not to, and that stuck with me. Because it's true. Is it weird that I think writing a swear is somehow worse than saying it uh like in an email like in a tweet for instance like if you were to swear in a tweet it's somehow worse than if you were swearing casually in speech yeah because it's written down i think people just like you can keep record of that you know i really don't understand how it what okay let me rephrase this <laughs> at what point in your life did you determine that your parents lied and that it was okay to swear anywhere, everywhere, and you would be equally respected? Because that's a more interesting story. To I me. like turned off my my observation piece of that, and I just kept swearing and swearing around them until they just knew that we couldn't stop swearing. And then what? It turned in turn, my sister started swearing like viciously all the time, <laughs> and it's just this thing. And and so after a while, my mom was just like, just tone it down. It's not even like don't swear anymore. Maybe don't say certain words like fuck, but you can say shit or damn or hell. We should invite your sister on here one day. Oh, that'd be hilarious. But do, okay, did you guys have levels of swear words? Like, like no. hell anything, and damn? Anything was bad. No, I hell and damn were okay. The no, they weren't. Vain. No, not in really? my house. Lord's name in vain, hell, damn. That's all religious stuff. That was off limits. That's Bitch, why I wasn't even allowed shit, to watch The Simpsons because fine. sometimes they, you know, I wasn't allowed to say sucks. Oh, I that's right. I couldn't say butt. I I had to say behind. I I couldn't say kiss my butt. I had to say. It's kiss so my interesting because like my perception growing up with that, I think dumb shit, is like as a parent, I'd be like, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Just you know, make sure your work gets done. 
and that's all. I don't give a shit. Tell me to fuck off. I don't care as long as you tell me to fuck off after you finish your fucking homework. But I think the my parents and I think most parents at that at our age, like they didn't want us to swear because if we swore in public around their friends or coworkers, they were going to get embarrassed. Like it was an embarrassment yeah. thing. Yeah, that didn't last long in my house. My dad, who loved to come home from work and start building something or doing home repair stuff, would be like, God damn it, motherfucker, <laughs> son of a bitch. And like, <laughs> he was like, don't swear, Billy. And I'd just be like, uh, okay. <laughs> damn ass, head and hole. So, Billy, you, you, though, you said you weren't allowed to say religious swears. Oh, yeah, that's when they bring out the belt and give me a little vigilante justice. So my mom gave up her career to raise us, right? So a lot of her time was spent just about us. And when we were in high school and like middle school, we all got cell phones and stuff. My mom used to print out the monthly bill for the cell phones and print out our text messages like verbatim. And she would would highlight the bill of what I wrote. And I was like, what? And so she's like, and then she would staple it, highlighted. Each of all three of us had a highlighted version of this bill, and we had to talk to her. Like we, it's like a your audit, right? So at the end of the month, <laughs> we had to go downstairs, and my mom was sitting at the table, and she's like, "What is this? What does this mean?" And we'll go page by page, and my mom made us speak to every point that was highlighted in the bill. Good lord, <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, uh, but yeah. Seriously, if my kids. Like are making good grades and staying out of trouble. I could find text messages that are like plotting to steal the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Well, they got That's an pretty resourceful chemistry, so kids will be kids." Yeah, I uh, with the discipline stuff. I was always fascinated at the way my wife was disciplined versus me. It's like a long list of ways that we were raised similarly so the differences really stick out but her dad i mean my dad was in the air force but her dad and kind of did more of a boot camp type thing where there was no corporal punishment but like her and her brother got disciplined together and it was always like a mind fuck it was like oh you and your brother are fighting okay well what i'm gonna have your brother do is uh benson you know go stack rocks pick up every single rock that's bigger than my fist and go put it over here. And then Maggie oh would God. think she would get away with it and he'd come back in and then he'd be like, Maggie, go pick up all of Benson's rocks and then move them over here to this point. They always got punished as a unit and it was always just like a weird team building exercise. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, not a bad approach. I like where, that. Whereas my dad was just like, well, let's beat the shit out of him and then that'll teach him. <laughs> Until I have to do it again later. <laughs> but he was born in 1943, so I give him a pass, and I probably deserved it. I think I threw like a throwing knife or a throwing star at my mom once. I was a real bad kid. Oh my god! So let's talk about that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was a real bad kid, right? And um, you know, everybody has a rebellious phase. But Keisha, to your point on swearing, I used to curse my parents out, primarily my mom, but just like <laughs> scream a litany of really profoundly <laughs> interwoven curse word combinations together. It was like doing some sort of flawless combo in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'm just imagining like Ryu. He's just like, I'll fuck you. <laughs> it was like, 
So all of these horribly inappropriate things to say. And I don't know if it was because I watched like WWF wrestling, but then also like R-rated movies when I was 10. So I kind of got the best of both worlds. And, and then, yeah, she would chase me around the house and never be able to catch me. But then as soon as my dad got home, God, I'd get walloped. Um, but it's yeah, so I, interesting how the roles are just reversed. Like my, my parents, it was the exact opposite. Well, the other thing was I had very, very volatile parents too. Like from a behavior standpoint, they were very quick to anger. There was a lot of, I grew up in a very loud house. It was never quiet. There were like seven TVs that were all on at once. People were yelling across the house instead of walking over and talking to each other. It was just an <laughs> incredibly loud situation all the time. And like I told you, my dad would, you know, just do this string of curse words all the time when he was hammering a, hammering a nail in and it went, you know, he bent the nail or something. It would just be like, Jesus fucking Christ, God fucking damn it. And then he would just be quiet. And my mom, on the other hand, like took a whole bunch of, uh, of uh, suffering and silence but then she would snap and it was like oh, zero God. to a hundred it was like uh the insanity motor on one of those teslas where it's just like <laughs> <laughs> okay everybody just got real quiet and scared and then we would just start laughing because when she screamed it was so rare it was kind of funny but it was so awkward because it was so violent that there was no way to react to it other than with laughter so and then she got even more mad <laughs> So I, I took that trait from my parents and kind of gave it right back to them. So if, if someone were to say, hey, you know, Billy, how would you raise your kids? And I'd say, well, eh, probably the same way they raised me. They would just see me as an example. And I'm a terrible example. <laughs> your mother would be drinking her wine. Don't end up like your father. <laughs> She's not Jewish, although. Why does she sound like the Nothing wrong if she were. The assistant from uh, or the the admin lady from Monsters Inc. That's that's the only <laughs> voice you do, Brandon. Oh yeah, I guess that's also my voice for Penny the Pope. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't grow up to be like that, father. <laughs> What's her name? Roz or something? Roz. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So okay. How they did I tell you guys? I oh, this is I guess a conversation offline. Well, but I have a cartoon I want to do, and we can all do voices anyway. Oh yes. Go on. Okay. Uh, all right. So how did we rebel? <sighs> so I used to uh, try to run away all the time. Um, that's that's dangerous. You lived like you were just like right on the border of Mexico. <laughs> I know. You could have been picked up and meant it have been a drug mule. You can't pick me up from this sleepover with the hobos if I run away. <laughs> yeah. I'm sleeping the whole night. But just to remind you guys or maybe if we have some new listeners. You guys got roped here accidentally looking for Joe Rogan. I don't know how it happened. But like, <laughs> so Keisha grew up when you're in Texas and you keep driving south, you pass the border checkpoint. But then you realize, oh, we're still in Texas. There's like a huge section of the state. That's after. <laughs> after a checkpoint that's manned 24 hours a day by mm -hmm. immigration officials. Yep. So basically it's. Kind of the United States, but not really. Yes. No man's land. Yeah. yeah. Like if you, like my wife, when she was waiting for her green card to be approved, the lawyer was like, do not go to Brownsville. You will not be able to get back in America. We're like, but isn't that America? They were like, not really. <laughs> Quasi. Somewhat. So, yeah. So, yeah. I uh, I live in the, the, I grew up in the Rio Grande Valley. And yeah. So I tried to run away. I would have a backpack and like I would pack the the, the necessary things um snacks my cds 
You didn't pack everything in like a red handkerchief <laughs> and like put that into a ball no, at the end of a no. stick. No, so yeah, snacks, CDs, my CD player, uh, one one set of extra batteries for my disc man. How do you, how do you decide which CDs to bring with you when you? I brought away? all of them, so there was no room for anything else. Uh, I didn't bring. You had clothes. no food. No water. I think I brought but like a picture. All of the Backstreet Boys LPs. <laughs> I brought a picture of uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, I think, that I used, I had on my <laughs> wall <laughs> from Third Rock from the Sun with the long hair. Pre haircut. Oh, okay. So, yeah, oh. I, uh, I, it was very, very apparent very quickly that Maggie and I were punished in different ways. And if we ever talk about, you know, having kids or whatever, you're like, what, what is your methodology for that? But then it started to go down the rabbit hole of how else were we raised differently? Like I, we talked about it for like 15 minutes and it was like, oh, Maggie grew up hanging around like adults, like her adult, her parents, adult friends, because she moved around a lot as a kid. Whereas I was around kids all the time because my parents house was like the, Hey, everybody in the neighborhood come over to Billy's and hang out because it was such a big house. We could do that. So yeah, I, there was a lot of ways. That, the other ones, like she was the oldest sibling and I was the baby, but I was like the baby by far. My siblings are 16, 14, and five years older than me. Um, whereas, you know, her brother's two years younger than her. So I'm still a whiny piece of shit and she takes care of stuff. And I don't know, it's it's just funny. You know, you notice all of these yeah. weird traits that you have that are different. And then you think about, oh, well your parents did it this way, my parents did it this way. That makes sense. But if we ever become parents, what does that look like? Because apparently we were raised in totally different different fashions. How how you guys were raised differently, though, did that ever cause, like, arguments? or ish, like Not really arguments, but it did cause a lot of really awkward moments. Yeah. Like, my parents have no shame. Like I said, we grew up yelling and cursing and in a very loud environment. She didn't grow up in that type of environment. So her family came over and met my family on Thanksgiving. And it was just like chaos, yeah. like something caught on fire. <laughs> People were yelling and screaming. My dad like threw something <laughs> at my mom. I don't know. It was just like, it's like something you'd see on a movie. Yeah. And like her family was just like, this is a blast. These people are nuts. <laughs> so my wife, it was, it's kind of interesting because in one aspect, she was raised like a princess. But at the same time, she was still a f kind of like afraid of her dad because her dad could be very intense, like my father-in-law. Like whenever he would get mad, he'd get like very quiet, but like, like low voice and be like, you afraid of the devil? I am the devil. <laughs> Except this was in Spanish. But so it was like, El Diablo. <laughs> so, hey, Yo I soy Dia La Diabla. <laughs> so like our problems early on, I felt were kind of more so like I kind of grew up working class and I felt like she grew up more kind of getting what she wanted but at the same time I wouldn't call her spoiled because she was still I don't know afraid of her dad <laughs> but then it made things awkward because like whenever we were hanging out with them she'd be like don't put your elbows on the table my dad doesn't like it he's El Diablo <laughs> And I'd be like, I'm a fucking adult. If I want to put the elbows on the table, I'm going to put my fucking elbows on the table. And so she was in, stuck in the middle, like having to pick a side between her husband and El Diablo. Did you ask for permission to marry her and be like, excuse me, uh, uh, Mr. Diablo. I'm sorry, Senor Diablo. <laughs> Senor Diablo. Senor Diablo. Pardon. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, did. I did ask for permission. You guys, like, ugh. I have had 
I, I don't. I mean, he's. I don't know how he's gonna feel about this, but we have had some challenging conversations, Quincy and I, because he, he and I were raised very differently. He was like the favorite in his family. It's him and his sister, um, and I. I don't think I was the favorite. I was the firstborn. My parents had no idea what they were doing. Like, uh, it's just a whole mess. But he grew up with people telling him like everything he did was awesome. He was great. Like everything was like, great job. You're so smart. You're so, you can do anything you want. We're so proud of you. And it's like, they never even got mad at him. It was like, well, he was a white boy. So technically yeah. they were right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I fucking hate you. The world is made for you. <laughs> but it's like the perfect, the most perfect way to like, think about it is he just remember little Quincy, <laughs> all lives matter. <sighs> No, they're not that bad. They're not bad. Especially yours because you're the chosen but one. But he he never got a, we're mad at you. It was like, we're disappointed we're that disappointed. you did that. Whereas my mom was like, are you like, you're embarrassing our family. Like, shame on you. Shame on your ancestors. <laughs> like, everything. That's insane. <laughs> That's all. Why would they shame your ancestors, which also happened to be their ancestors it's like i was like a disgrace like when i got in trouble it was like days and weeks of not being able to have any sort of happiness like i couldn't see my friends all of my privileges were taken away i it took a long time for my parents to say oh i'm proud of you and they were trying to instill this like self-sufficiency thing where we shouldn't reach for people's affirmations or approvals of our like work and our life we should all just be doing stuff for ourselves but like if you're five years old or six years old and your pitcher gets picked to go on the fridge, like you kind of want people to be like, this is really good. And my parents were always like, OK, so what's the next it's okay. thing? Can you do it's okay. what's better next time? You know what I mean? Like calm down, Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like being employee of the month or something. It's like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. It's, right. That's you're, well, you're doing your job. Like you're, it sounds like your mom and dad were constantly negging you. Well, yeah. I mean, they were they just. They, I don't think they, I think they were uncomfortable with showing that type of affection, at least for me. And they just felt like if they gave me that satisfaction as a kid, I would stop trying. So there was no positive reinforcement or positive affirmation. My entire life until I became an adult was striving to get that kind of confirmation from my parents. And when I finally realized that I didn't need it from them, that's when the the relationship shifted. Then it was just like, I just, hey, mom, I'm doing this. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And then that was it. But do you think you'll be able to escape that type of parenting when you inevitably become a parent? No, because I'm afraid of coddling the child. Like that's that's some of the arguments that sh that Quincy and I have had because sometimes he wants me to be like, no, you're doing great. You know, it's going to be fine. And I'm not like that. Like I cannot wallow and I can't coddle somebody. And so I'm just like, are you fucking done? Are you done? Like, are we sad or we we have shit to do? Like what? Pick a like pick a lane. Which but one? I, I think part of the reason he likes you is because of that. You call him on his shit. Oh, yeah. I think people marry their parents or they marry the exact opposite of their parents. That's true. That's too black and white. That's not actually true. <laughs> I don't know. It's some shit. <laughs> so you either marry your parents or you marry the exact opposite and there's no alternative. I think there's an in-between. No, there's no in-between. There is I an in I think between. either people grow up a certain way where they feel like at one with their parents, they feel like they were raised right and they look for someone that is exactly like their mother or exactly like their father or it's the polar opposite. So Paula married the opposite. to the bad boy. Your idea of a personality is like a Chucky doll set like between good and evil. <laughs> Bro, if if our point is that you can marry you marry whoever, then I don't know what the fuck we're trying to say here. <laughs> Let's at least take a stance 
even if that stance is wrong. So you're saying, but Brandon, saying you either marry, you either marry your parents, the exact opposite of your parents, or somewhere in the middle. So you're, what is you're that? the opposite of uh, Senor Diablo, is what you're saying. I am <laughs> the exact opposite of Senor Diablo. <laughs> that being said, like my, you know, my my wife loves her father. He's an amazing man and somebody I look up to tremendously. He has to say that. That's a disclaimer. He actually has no, to say No, it's that. mostly because I just feel so bad because I know he wants like a big strong <laughs> man for his only daughter and he's stuck with me. He got you. Who's like, I you literally- fell off a ladder. Bro, when I realized that I dropped three pounds and I went from 220 to 217, I threw off my shirt and started dancing around the house singing like, I'm so skinny. I'm so like- I'm a fall far cry from the, you know, like, like, for those of you don't know, I feel like the perfect husband for my wife and my father-in-law's eyes would be Razor Ramon. Who's that? From the WWF in the 1990s. He was the machismo. Uh, He had the toothpick. That's the ideal husband for her. But he wouldn't, you know, he'd be a mean, he's not a nice guy. Oh, yeah. I agree. Hey, (laughs) keep it in your pants. Yeah, that's... That's not you, Brandon. <laughs> this is gross. I just feel gross now. Billy, I see. What's going on with your eyes? Oh, my God. It's you're. I see it. I see it. You're. Yeah. We're ready for the bottom five. <laughs> Whoa, Billy. I see it. Okay. It's the bottom five. Okay. All right. Are you ready for this? This is going to be real bad. This is like scorched earth. Right. My parents are going to never want to talk to me again, or I'm going to have to go to some sort of group therapy. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Do your parents listen to the podcast? God, no. I don't. <laughs> I go by a pseudonym. My name isn't Billy. You all know this. <laughs> so yeah, uh, having parents is a huge problem. It's a necessary problem, but it's a huge problem. Like Everybody can agree, like all of your you know, greatest assets, sure, some of them come from your parents, but most of them come from overcoming your parents. Right? (laughs) That's a great point. Yeah, that's really true. So here's the bottom five things about parents, just in general, right? Number one, we kind of talked about it earlier, the rebellious phase. Everybody grows up loving their parents like, oh, yeah, they they raised me and nurture me. But then there's one point where you look at your parents and you're kind of like, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) Wait. No, you're who the fuck do you think you are telling me this? And also, you're wrong and you're probably racist too. Maybe it's because I'm white, but you're probably <laughs> racist too. And then like that rebellious phase basically makes your teenage years a misery. Like I I stand by the idea that orphans, and I'm sorry for any orphans out there listening and who get really mad at me in one second, but like orphans can't afford phones. No, orphans don't have the like weird disillusionment that all of us with parents have because they were never raised by anyone who taught them anything. They just have this angst because they had to constantly live an uncomfortable existence and figure things out for themselves. However, to Keisha's number one, we were just lied to our entire lives. And there's one <laughs> there, there's one like keystone moment where you're just growing up and you're just like you fucking lying cunt. You <laughs> stupid fucking bastard. You lied to me my entire life. And then like, it's you're oh, maybe it's my hormones. So you're, you're putting, it's like you get in an argument with your parents and they're like, you're just going through puberty. You'll calm down in a few years. No, you piece of shit. You lying piece of shit. It's not me, it's you. And then you kind of like mellow out. You leave and you go to college. <laughs> but then like that little under anxiety of like your oh, parents yeah. being like awful people always persists. Like, and then you I'm kind of have to management your entire <laughs> life. So then 
you're strapped to someone for 60 more years and you have this underlying current of resentment your entire adulthood. I remember trying to rebel a little bit. I started smoking weed and I remember coming home uh, and I was like super high and I was like, all right, Brandon, play it cool. Walk slowly upstairs. No one's going to notice. So I park my car uh, and my cousin, who's just like 10 years older than me, so not kind of like my peer cousin, my like adult cousin was staying with us. My entire family comes out the front door as I get there. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and then like the garage door opens and I guess my dad had bought a new car. He got like a BMW Z3 because I guess he was going through some things. <laughs> and they all wanted to see my reaction to seeing his new car. Oh no. And if anyone who's ever been high knows your reaction is a little like, you know, skewed. Plus, you tend to get a little bit paranoid. I just like got out of the car and then my entire family comes out. I was like, oh, God, what's going on? What's going on? Is this an intervention? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And they're like, what do you think of the new car? I'm like, uh, it's cool. <laughs> and then I like ran past everyone up, went upstairs into my room, got there. And I was like, job well done. <laughs> they had no idea. Yeah, that rebellious phase. I enjoyed the rebellious phase, though. Real quick, but for me, like I, I, I didn't really rebel much more than that. I just became super emo. Oh, that was okay. my rebellious you, phase, what? where they like knew, like, man, that kid is weird, or like, I think my dad, and this does hurt me to still this day. My dad told my mom at one point, he hates us. You know that, right? And like, I feel bad because I never hated them, but like, when you're, you know, that age, and you just have a lot of emotions, and you just don't give a fuck, what, and you just what I don't is know. emo Brandon like though? It's like Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man 3. Oh, like, oh. Yeah, Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man 3. Like hair, listening like to Dashboard Confessional. Just like really greasy Listening to the, the Insane Clown Posse. Ins ICP okay, is okay, not no, emo. No, yeah, that's a, that's a far... You guys had a really disturbing No, insane, insane Clown Posse, especially the Great Malenko, was for any, like, you know, suburban kids. And I may not have been white, but I was sure as fuck suburban. Uh, dealing with juggalo? teen angster. I was not a juggalo. I never painted my face, never went to a thing. But like, I knew that entire album. And like, it's not emo though. Dashboard confessional. How's that not emo? Metal is not emo. You're just dashboard. A That's what you are. No, I've heard you, your no. laughter. Your laughter is creepy as shit. <laughs> dashboard is not emo. Are no, you kidding? Dashboard, dashboard is, is emo. emo. ICP, ICP is not, not emo. I see. It's for anybody who has too many feelings. And not enough drama in their life. Like, there are kids across the world who are dealing with bombs fucking going through their apartment. And I'm here living in the suburbs thinking my life's so terrible. Weezer Pinkerton is emo. I see. Weezer Pinkerton's great. I had, I had Pinkerton as well. Hawthorne Heights could maybe be emo. Tish, how are you rebellious? Uh, I rebelled through boys. So. Constant I was, sex. I was kind of. Stuff. I was boy crazy. I used to, I remember when we finally got a call waiting and I just, I, for some reason at that age, man, all I wanted to do was call boys and talk about how much we like each other and talk about what we would do if we were together. Gross. And uh, it was like really bad phone sex. Gross. <laughs> this like, is awful. You don't even know what you you're should be ashamed of about. yourself. I empathize with your parents. Not you. <laughs> Do you? I don't know if you ever. You probably never did this because you had like forty-five phone lines. Um, Shame. And Shame. <laughs> so you would have like you would pick up your phone and then you would tell like you would before you would coordinate. You'd be like, okay, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna pick up the phone. 
call back the house in 30 seconds. So you pick up the phone so it doesn't ring and you just hear the click on the phone and then you transfer over to the call waiting line. And so you can be on the phone and you never had to hear your parents never heard the phone ring. But then my parents got a, like got ahead of that. And my dad would be I, I'm so fucking dumb. My dad was on call, so he would need the phone whenever his beeper would go off. And then I'd still be on the phone at 2 a.m. And then his beeper would go off. And then my dad picked up the phone. Oh, my God. Like like, You're doing like one nine hundred <laughs> numbers or something. No. Oh my, it's just like, didn't you? <laughs> I were, to- weren't you having like phone sex on that? <laughs> Did your dad ever pick up the phone while you were having phone sex? I mean, really bad. Not even. It's not even phone sex, man. It was. Oh my god! It was like what? You're so pretty. Uh, you have such nice boobs. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm so close. Oh, I'm so close. And then your dad's like, uh, could you guys? There's I'm someone so dying I'm right so now. Close no. to calling the, cops. And then, no, the funny thing is, my dad would pick up, <laughs> and then we'd go silent. The, the, me and the guy would just be silent and just hear like <laughs> I just came <laughs> and, I like, and then I would hang up and then I would just pretend I was sleeping like I would hear my dad coming up the stairs and I'm like oh what I didn't, what phone there's no phone in here and I would unplug my phone and put it in like my sister's room <laughs> <laughs> oh I thought you like threw it in the aquarium <laughs> Jesus no wonder your parents hated you I don't even remember what we would talk about. It was like high school. So what do you talk about? Like, oh, I don't no, you got it right the first time. Boobies. It was boobs, yeah, right? Cleve. Cleve was big in high school. So anyways, <laughs> bottom five, number two. Oh, shit. We're only on number two. All right. Yeah. We got to hustle, guys. So uh, another thing that uh, is uh, makes a lot of rebellious phase, right? This may be the precursor to the rebellious phase. Divorce. Divorce sucks for everybody. Not just the people who have parents that get divorced, but like, my parents never got divorced. They were actually both on their second marriage. So like my half brother and half sister were real fucked up from the divorce, but I was real fucked up because my parents didn't get divorced and they probably <laughs> should have gotten divorced. And number two, you have to deal with all of your friends whose parents did get divorced and pretend to feel sorry for them. But you're like, oh my God. So you get double the gifts at Christmas or like 16 gifts at Hanukkah, 16 days of giving if you're Jewish and your parents are divorced. Are you kidding me? Bro, that's if your parents get divorced and you're still a little kid. My parents got divorced when I was in college. I didn't get like double shit. Um, and which leads me to number three, which is kind of a combination of number one and number two, therapy. The reason we have so many psychologists is because we have parents. Yes. If people didn't have parents, if we were born like in a matrix type pod where we didn't have anyone to blame for like our choices and decisions and the way we were raised, there would be no reason for psychologists to even exist anymore. Like there's just either, either you're in family counseling because your parents got divorced when you're like five and your first exposure to therapy is like, my parents hate each other and they don't love me. Or you're like 30 and you're like, my parents loved each other and still I'm a super big fuck up. I can't stand the way I was raised. So basically. So do you think all those books written by psychologists about relationship therapy and how to like parent are intentionally sabotaging in order to guarantee that they'll have future clients because they were fucked up because they- Yeah, Conspiracy we unearthed theory. something serious here. Yeah, couples therapy is probably the biggest mistake you could possibly make because it's just this uh, it, like Mobius strip of uh, constant uh, need for therapy for the rest of your life because it's a, it's an infinite moral imperative. Like to be together is an infinite moral imperative that if you aren't happy all the time together, you need therapy. Mm-hmm. Paul and I went to therapy once and it was a huge mistake. Really? Like, by the time we went to therapy, we were kind of like, you know, it was like we were getting along. And then, like, the therapist, all they do is stir shit. 
And they're like, why don't you just tell the other person all the things that are bothering you that you understand? Sometimes you don't verbalize because people have problems, but not everything you need to verbalize because problems are a normal part of life. So some things you just kind of accept. And then so they're like, just say everything. So we both said everything and they're both pissed off. And like the drive home was just like really quiet. And it was just like, just, just, you know, focus on like, just get home. I'm fucking, 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 motherfucker. So then we stopped going to therapy and every Everything got better. Did you guys have homework? Yes, we oh, had homework. It was, was some the fucking bullshit. Worst. The only the only therapy that I would recommend any couple getting is like if you need sex therapy, that makes sense. If you need some assistance, that's normal. Oh my God. But if you think a therapist is gonna help you with your relationship, no, they're basically kind of like a referee that's trying to start some shit. Like if you watch 90 Day Fiance, the tell-alls and the host is constantly poking and prodding in order to make things entertainment. I think couples therapists are just fucking bored and go and just want fucking carnage to break out. Of course. They- that being said, I don't know shit about therapy, so don't listen to me. If couples therapy works for you, then great. Like- I think singles therapy is great. Yeah. I've seen a therapist... It's fantastic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I've seen a single therapist too. When you go by yourself, the first thing they ask you about is your past because there's the assumption that your parents fucked you up somehow and you have to (laughs) fucking dig down until you like come to terms with the fact that your parents were worthless pieces of shit and you're probably going to be a worthless piece of shit parent too. They're like, Brandon, where where did your parents touch you? I'm like, oh no, I, I wasn't touched. Brandon, your your parents touched you somewhere. You're like they hit me. Tell me <laughs> where they touched you. And I'm like, no, bro, my parents never did that. Like, oh, yeah. you your just repressed. You've repressed where they touched you. So all three of what? us have gone. Where to is therapy, he from? Right? At some capacity. That's my German accent, <laughs> but it's not working. It's like really what? bad. Was Freud. that German? It was trying to be Freud. I mean, you know, if you're going to be a therapist, you'd be Freud. Yeah, it was, it was, the German wasn't working. Oh, man. Weird. Okay, so. Number three. That was number, number three, therapy. Number four. What I call diapers versus the grave. There's a horribly what? inequitable balance of like all of the time that your parents complain about raising you and how much work it was and how much of a pain in the ass it was. It's like telling someone a puppy is a pain in the ass. It's like, oh, you got all of my cutest years where I sat there and loved you unconditionally. And sure, it was expensive and it was a lot of work. But like whenever I'm 30 or 20 or 15, you're always talking about, oh, those golden years before you were six years old. But then at the same time, you can complain about like how much of a pain in the ass it was when you were like a crying baby. Whereas me, the kid, I get to take care of you when you're 85 and shitting yourself and pissing yourself and you've forgotten your name and you've forgotten everything about you because you've got you've got some horrible combinations of Lou Gehrig's disease, Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's. So I get the worst years of your life where I have to take care of you, and then I start becoming the parent to my parents and watch them degenerate and fall into chaos, whereas they're like, oh yeah, I just planted this new beautiful tree, and man, raising a tree is so, so hard, but it's it's so profound because you see them grow right before your eyes, and it's like, oh, really? Because I get to watch you die very slowly and painfully... Thank you for that gift. And also, I want my kid to do the same thing for me. So I now have to have kids because I look at you and say, well, who's going to take care of me if I start to become a, like a dying, horrible old person? So I've got, I have to you know, have a baby to have someone take care of me because hospice is too expensive. So basically, every generation is having kids just so they have someone to take care of them <laughs> when they're spitting up and shitting themselves at the age of 92. It's this horrible, horrible cycle. Okay. Number five. Number five. 
and this is the real, real, real horrible thing about having parents, is we've talked about the rebellious phase where you absolutely hate everything about your parents, so much so that whether or not they got divorced, it's a big problem. You go to therapy, and then you start looking down the the gauntlet of the fact that you're going to have to take care of these people that you no longer respect. And then you realize that you've inherited all of their flaws, and you're going to parent your kids the exact same way, and it's this is... It's an inevitable <laughs> cycle of the fact that you hate everything about yourself. Therapy doesn't work. There's nothing you can do except for have a kid in which you'll pass on those same like terrible skills and traits like a virus because there's no escaping your past and there's no escaping your imprint on your spawn. And it's just you're perpetuating this horrible, horrible life that just exists throughout eternity. So how do we fix it? How do I? You no. That's it. Whoa, shut the fuck up. We can't print that. Okay. How do I fix it, Billy? Help me. You can't. You just have to accept who you are, and you have to pay a lot of therapy because you actually won't ever accept who you are. In fact, you'll probably never accept anything in your life. Acceptance is a myth. It's all just downhill. Just don't have kids. Just end the cycle. Don't when have children. When is it children. too early to have family therapy? Like, can I bring Okay, actually, infant? I'd like to change my answer. <laughs> okay, go. Adopt. The only way to break the cycle is to take somebody else's terrible, terrible lifeline of bad choices that are instilled generation upon generation and break it by instilling your horrible things upon that kid. But then you don't have the guilt because like, you're like, oh man, you know, my family has heart disease and diabetes and cancer. And you may have those things too, but it's not my fault because I'm taking care of you. So it's better to like re recode a person then just start from scratch adopting is probably the most selfish act that you could ever have because you basically are a guiltless parent you're like you know what even if i fuck you up like you are still so much better off with me than you were without me (laughs) they really should you should actually never be able to keep your own kid that's what should happen at the hospital is they should just switch babies and it's like if if my wife and i had a baby and then all of a sudden like a little african-american baby came back and they're like here's your kid and i'd just be like Yes. Yes, this is my kid. <laughs> well, guys, there's three of us. We'll just all we'll just have rotate. kids and we'll all just slide it. Yeah. Or who wants to give me their kid? Uh, not it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. After your Freud impression, I'm a little worried. <laughs> You're worried after the Freud? Really? Yeah, I don't. I, that's that's what gets you concerned. That that really Nothing put else. it over that's, the top. That's the only one. That's where you draw the line. Yeah, because then you'd be like, every kid wants to. F- oh wait, why am I that's Transylvanian? Borat. I turn into Dracula. Oh, that is no, Dracula. Russian. <laughs> that is Russian. I see. I can do a Russian accent all day. <laughs> this is a good Russian accent. A good but I don't know why I cannot do German. <laughs> every kid wants to fuck their mother. <laughs> I don't know. I'm that's obviously that's obviously Freud. That was Heil Hitler a little bit. I'm Jesus. Yeah, yeah, cut that. Cut that out. Cut all of it out. Just Should cut the whole cut bottom Hitler five. references. Here's the thing. No, the bottom five was great. The Be- bottom five was great. Here's the thing. Generations don't matter. People matter, and all people suck. That's what we learned today. You can't do anything. Your kid's gonna hate you. You could be. Mother Teresa mixed with Joan of Arc mixed with Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, anybody. Doesn't matter. Your kids are going to fucking hate you. Go That's have children. Yeah. Can we do a rapid fire before we go of some audience questions we had? Let's do it. All right. This is from Stevie Weavy D. Uh, Twitter hashtag Stockson42. You mean Twitter handle. Twitter handle. Whatever. Uh, he says, uh, how old were you when you started to feel confident enough to attempt to move out? I still haven't moved out. This is actually my parents' house. 
Ah, uh, well. Uh, is that is that why I hear like an old man in the background hammering? Like, Motherfucker! <laughs> yeah. He's snapping the belt again. <laughs> my dad pulled my teeth with needle nose pliers, so I wanted out at that point, like eight years old. You knew. So my dad used dental floss, tied it to my loose tooth, tied the other to end a to door. a door. He's like, my dad taught me this trick when I was your age. And I was like, a trick? What do you... <laughs> like, joke's on you. He just slammed the door. your face so that yeah. you move and not the door. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, door we have to place if it gets broken. Uh, yeah, my parents were actually huge sweethearts. I... Uh, Came home from college, like Brandon said, we were film majors and like you couldn't get a job. So I lived at home for a couple of years rent free while I got a job that didn't pay very well and then kind of figured it out from there and moved out, you know, a couple of years later. So as much as I talk about hating my parents, my parents are about as caring and nurturing as you could get. So I would say 47 is probably a good age (laughs) about uh, being able to move away from home. Uh, I tried at 15 and then at 16. And then at 17, this is when I was running away. And then I graduated high school (laughs) (laughs) and officially moved out. I just, I was so like angry and ragey towards my parents. Probably because the insane clown posse and the weapon (gasps) session. Yeah. Then I just moved out. And then after I moved to Austin for culinary school, I wanted to get even further away from my parents. And then I moved to Rhode Island. So. Then you're back here. And now I'm back. Yay. You went to RISD? No. All right. Flying penises or something? <laughs> they are. No, Sorry, they're balls. They're nuts. The nuts. The gonads. Aren't they the gonads? The fighting gonads? I don't know. I don't, it's horribly inappropriate. Sorry. Rhode Island is a place <laughs> I would never let my kids go. All right. Dan Colon on Twitter. Username D Colon asks, when did you become acutely aware of your parents as sexual beings? And what were your thoughts on ah. it? Oh my God. I, remember, I remember not having socks. And going to my dad's sock drawer and finding condoms. I was like, ew, what lady is he using these with? (laughs) I was like, my parents are having sex right now. It's probably just angry sex because they're always fighting. Oh, no. There's an infamous story in my household about how my parents were like mid-fuck. And I just walked up to the bed at the age of three and go, Hi. And just started waving at them, like in silence. Like I walked up to the bed in silence, probably thinking they were wrestling. And hi, what are you doing? And uh, I've definitely walked in on my parents several times. No. Uh, I also, I also like they used to take Sunday naps. Those weren't naps. <laughs> That's good though. Your parents loved each other. Oh God! Is it good? Oh, I probably heard Sam. Oh, oh, you know what? No, 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 no. I bet you, I bet you, I've heard stuff in the middle of the night, but I convinced myself that it was ghosts. Like, <laughs> I just, I just assumed. Do you think that's where the concept of ghosts originated from kids just like trying to block out their parents that's having sex? That's totally what it is. I think I just. <laughs> so when you, when, uh, what was it last week we did reality television and you, you talked about how much you liked all of the weird, like. What was that like show? Paranormal, the ghost show? Paranormal caught on camera. So last week when you <laughs> wanted to talk about the paranormal activity show, it's basically to you that's porn, but it's like parental porn. Maybe, maybe that's why I convinced like, like if I heard like, like sounds like things hitting the wall, I'm like, oh no, there's a poltergeist in our house. <laughs> hitting the wall? Oh, gross. That's probably yeah. what it was. That's probably why you have that social skull thing is because you're constantly thinking about bones. <laughs> I'm so sorry, mom and dad. I don't want to know, but that's probably why I just convinced it was a coping mechanism. I, I just assumed everything was haunted or possessed. 
<laughs> and you saw like Patrick Swayze as the ghost at a young age. And it's like, well, ghosts are obviously very erotic. And I was like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Next question. Next question. Um, this is more of a statement, and but I'm going to read it because it, it comes from what I think is our number one yes. fan, Brandon Skelton uh, at, I don't know, Swifer55. Setting up boundaries with mine caused me to cut ties entirely. My life has sig- been significantly better since. Now, this may seem like a sad thing, but at the, at the end of the day, the most important thing, going back to our mask metaphor, is that you are happy. And it, as sad as it might be, if cutting ties with your parents is what it takes for you to live through this life, through this world, and be happy, then that's the best thing for you. So I'm glad that it worked out for you. Yeah. On the subject of that, uh, rhythm with something. Um, uh, username Run My Block. Ask at what point did you stop wanting to be just like Dad? Uh, well, for me, I and I think I under- explained earlier in the episode. My dad had the whole you know immigrant lifestyle and in the hospital for a year. So um, even when I die, no matter what I accomplish, I'd love to be able to run for you know, the House of Representatives or the Senate one day, even if the unlikelihood that I am ever elected to public office, I will still fail in comparison to my father because regardless of his personal shortcomings, what he went through as a person to be able to get to this point is something that I will never uh, have to know because of what he was able to accomplish and the gifts that he was able to give to me. My career choice is probably the most, like, I just I was the first person in my family to decide that I didn't want to go into the medical field. And I feel bad now because now looking at my interests Culinary school and skulls the, aren't all they're cracked up to be. The fact that <laughs> the fact that I don't get really turned off by like surgeries. I you know, I probably could have been a pretty decent doctor, but I was so rebellious against my parents and I just didn't I, I wanted to do the opposite of everything they said. And so at that point, that's when I just decided that I, I also was too stubborn to, to stray from my own decision. So when I said I wasn't going to be a doctor, I wasn't going to go into the medical field, even if at some point when I was in college, I'm like, eh, it might have been a good choice to go and be a nurse or a PA or whatever. I just was too stubborn and I had too much pride to take it back. And so I went and tried to do marketing. And so <laughs> this is my life now. Yeah, for me, I, I don't know. My dad is smarter than me he's funnier than me he's more hardworking than me wait so he's funnier than you yeah he's way funnier than i does am. he have any podcast recording equipment no, no. he's 77 <laughs> never mind but you could kill me and take my stuff and give it to him <laughs> i think the tone of the podcast would change drastically but uh yeah all of my sense of humor comes from my dad um, i think that was that might have been the last one okay um, so guys, um, I think I learned a lot about all of you. I think what we need to do is consolidate and all have the same therapist. I think that might help. Um, I'll say I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'll we say... should all go together and I can make fun of everything Keisha says to her therapist. <laughs> um, I'll say, um, you know, at the end of the day, I look at how I was raised and I see a lot of problems. Um, they're all problems that I learned from and, you know, made me into the, person I am today and I'm super thankful for both my mother and my father and the job that they did and I know it wasn't easy and uh, hopefully you know I'll like they learn from the mistakes of their parents I'll learn from their mistakes no one's perfect and um, 
I'll raise a pretty good puppy. Yeah, I hope my parents resent me as much as I resent them and we have that in common. Because <laughs> that'd be like a really nice way to end it. It's just like, you know, they're shitting all over themselves in a hospital bed and it's just like, oh. yeah, remember when you did this to me? And they're like, yeah, remember when you threw a throwing star at me and be like, yeah, I was a piece of shit too. <laughs> R.I.P. Truce. Uh, yeah, no, my parents, as tough as they were growing up and as cool as they are now, I I know that everything that we went through was important and is why I am the way I am and I think has helped me get through a lot of really shitty things in life. So appreciate my parentals. They are hilarious people that I love hanging out with now. Uh, I hope that when they hear this, they're not too mad about all of our family secrets and about the lies they told me. And I hope the IRS is <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I already made a call. Was that bad? Uh, and mom, I'm still, do not put down $500 for a donation to church because I'm still not doing that. All right, guys, this was another episode of Wrong Side of 30. I know this one's probably going to be a longer one. I appreciate you for sticking to this point. If you did, if not, fuck yourself. Wow. You should probably just cut it up into two. We'll record again in like three months. Yeah, you could do it. Can you do a part one, part two? I don't know. Let's just do one episode. Come back again next week. Who knows? I might, I might edit this shit down and it'd be like, guys, that episode was 22 five, minutes. Five minutes. Oh, we lost Billy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.